Dream on Youth presents the Self-Awareness Dream. Get ready to elevate your mindset with heart-to-hearts and healthy conversations. Let's get started. Wow, welcome to our first episode on the Dream on Youth podcast. If you do not know this voice by now, and I'm a little worried if you haven't because on Instagram stories, it's just me. My name is Sydney Irby. I'm the founder of Dream on Youth. I'm also going to be the host of this podcast until we build our team back up. You'll probably also hear from our virtual assistant, Kay Willis. Kay, hello. If you're listening, I know she is, but (laughs) just want to give her that shout out. She's amazing. She's my virtual assistant. She keeps me sane. Like, bless. (laughs) Because your girl forgets to breathe sometimes, even during meetings. And she looks at me and she's like, breathe. (laughs) Like right (laughs) and so it didn't help that I got sick uh this week and so I'm like freaking out about everything and can hear Kay in my head going breathe and I'm like okay breathe this episode is coming a little bit later than I wanted it to but I got a phone call and like had to take it so I'm good to go now so this podcast was actually requested by somebody in our community. She's having trouble reading our blog post, just like um, going through some stuff with eyesight. I'm not gonna say her name, but if she's listening, thank you so much for speaking up and speaking out because I did not know that. And Kay was actually like, yeah, like I have trouble focusing on the screens a lot of the time too. And I was like, well, I wish you would've told me that sooner because I would've done this a lot sooner, but it's okay. <laughs> so uh, this is happening. So anybody who can't really read our blog posts for whatever reason, or maybe you just want to be able to digest our content on the go, this podcast is for you. If you do not know what Dream on Youth is about and you're like, what is happening? We are basically for young professionals at this point. This is what we have evolved to. We build, we focus on building routines that work on and off screen, especially when it comes to self-care. Um... We do want you to implement self-optimization, which is, you know, face masks and bubble baths, manis, pedis, massages, if I can talk. (laughs) Uh, Like maybe you like to cook and eat better, like things like that. And then, but we're also very aware that there's like self-care in a different aspect. And that's like a deeper level where it's more like mental, more figuring out because none of us are perfect and kind of looking to work on the ugly parts or the parts that we find ugly because trust me everybody has those everybody has things that they have to go through and deal with and then mess things up and that you feel like mess things up but they're not actually that bad and then you talk about it and it's fine I'm in a relationship so I know this (laughs) we we have discussions all the time where he and I are like I feel stupid for saying this and then we're like and then then the other one of us is like that's not stupid at all like I get that like I just need you to talk to me so constantly having this conversation and I think it's a very healthy one to have so you know and it's just funny because I think nearly seven years ago I would never thought that I'd be on a podcast talking out loud to people or on Instagram stories showing my face so hi Uh, But we're mostly focused on young professionals and creating those routines for you um, to help you and the first pod, uh, not podcast, well yes, the first podcast because that's what I'm talking about per this blog post that I wrote this year, first blog post I've written this year in 2019, um, three ways to balance mental health and education. If you hear my stomach growling, we're just going to ignore it, it's fine, this is very like I'm not the type to over-edit my podcast. I don't believe in it. I don't knock anybody who does it, but that's just not my personal brand, and that's never what Dream on Youth has been about, as being, like, overly edited. We want you to feel like, you know, like we're just sitting around at a table and talking. That's essentially what I want. And so this three ways to balance mental health and education, I can go in deeper, and that's kind of what you'll get with the podcast is I'm going to kind of summarize what we went over but also dig a little bit deeper into why I made it a point. So how I start off this blog post is basically talking about how long I've been working with students. Um, most of them when they, we first started out in 2012 I was a college student but the girls I was working with 
which this is a perfect episode to kick off Women's History Month, um, were all young ladies. Most of them were either in high school or, you know, last year of high school, getting ready to go to college, or maybe they were just like figuring out life. Um, but I started working on developing a self-care routine and, you know, helping them find their calling, their purpose, like what they wanted to do with their life in a very safe space because I was just trying to figure out what I want to do with my life and how I wanted to help people because it's always been something. I've always been a helper. I don't know if that makes sense. Like I've always advocated for others. I used to want to be a veterinarian, which I talk about in this <laughs> this blog post for a very long time. I always wanted to be a doctor when I was younger. And then I realized I thought people were gross. I tell people the story all the time. They're like, well, what made you decide to be a veterinarian? I used to literally tell people to their face, well, I decided people were gross. And they would look at me and <laughs> be like, you think I'm kidding, but I'm actually completely serious. People are gross. <laughs> so I want to be like clear. I'm not saying animals aren't, but animals always fascinated me. And so I like took that route and it took me going into college and like being in debt now, by the way, that's where all my taxes went. I'm going to be very honest, <laughs> but that means that's less debt that I have to pay off. So I'm okay with that. Um, but I realized like, I'm not passionate about this anymore. I don't know when this happened and I could not figure that out. I was so deep in the hole. I got on academic probation, which I mentioned kind of, uh, and like I just was miserable I was depressed I was lying to friends about like what I was doing during the day what was going on like I if I told you the full details like you'd be like what because it doesn't seem like who I am and it, it wasn't my mental illness is not me it's just something that I have to deal with and so at the time I was dealing with depression no longer dealing with that like high volume it's not like I defeated it I have defeated it multiple times. Like, it flares up when it thinks that I... Like, when I get too close to something and too close to making a move or moving in the right direction, it kind of tries to flare up on me. So, it, it's it's lovely. <laughs> um, but also, I've been dealing with anxiety and a, some obsessive-compulsive tendencies. So, you know, being a straight-A student in high school and then going to a very hard college science and math college like where I failed my first class ever in my life Uh, I've never failed a class I think I've gotten a C on something before and I've never failed a test unless I just chose not to do it which I did do in high school and still made a B in the class that that I'm that type of person Uh, (laughs) where I just like did not feel like doing something and I wouldn't do it and then because you know they don't I feel like high school does not always prepare you a lot of high schools don't for what college is really like. Like, the things that you learn, depending on, like, what career you're going to, like, a lot of stuff you won't remember or, like, you won't hold on to it because you don't find it that's important or the class was so easy, like, it didn't challenge you, and so we lose a lot of that information. So that's why I've kind of dedicated myself to being, like, a student of life. So I basically reference how I thought my plan was going to (laughs) go. So... This is how I thought the next eight years of my life, starting in 2009, after I graduated high school was gonna go so I was gonna get accepted to my first choice in college which was Virginia Tech and go off to start my next chapter in the fall of 2009 so what happened is I did get accepted to every college that I went to that is something that I will celebrate because for me it may not be a huge victory for anybody else but for me getting accepted into every college just felt mind-blowing because at the time my family hadn't I was the first one in my family to go to college um so that was amazing So, (laughs) what happened was I I got accepted, but Virginia Tech sent me their letter super late. Like, I got it very late, and by that time, I had chosen my second choice, which was Auburn University, if I remember correctly. It was my second choice. It might have been my third. Not gonna lie. Can't remember. Um, But so I went there, and I, like, actually, I loved that school. I loved being in that school. I loved, like the atmosphere of that school I loved the people that I got to like be around um and so I thought I would graduate with a GPA that would make my 
perfect student mindset proud because again I was like mostly a straight A student in high school everything came very easily to me like the way that I studied like it just was easy like nothing ever seemed hard so of course I got to college and like failed miserably <laughs> not at everything a lot of stuff was really easy for me but like chemistry and no I think it was just chemistry chemistry and like statistics and stuff horrible like absolutely bombed both of those like I'm not gonna lie to anybody <laughs> like bombed um and I thought I would enter veterinary school and conquer the next four years of that after I graduated, um, you know, the first four years of college, my pre-vet. Um, then my fourth step was like, I would do what I need to do to ensure I was married, starting a family and running my own veterinary empire in my thirties. So like I had like a plan like, oh, well, I'm gonna just do the impossible is what, you know, my mindset was. Like, I'm gonna be that person because I'm already like, I maybe not, was not the top of my class in school because in some classes I didn't try super hard and like I was not focused on being valedictorian. I just wanted a very amazing like GPA and wanted to be nice to people and all that stuff. Uh, <laughs> but like, I was determined to be like a standout person. Like stand out, like people, would know my name and I don't know where that st stems from because like I never wanted to be the popular girl in the sense that I wanted like every boy to pay attention to me and like I wanted all the friends I wanted to do the parties I'm an introvert that that's never been my mindset but I think I just wanted to take care of my family and be able to go cool places and travel the world because I'm an army brat I grew up traveling and you know just just that vibe that whole vibe of just being that incredible person in that family that people like just kind of flock to and like you know they can help people out and I don't know I've got a, a big heart but I also just wanted to be known for something greater than just being a sweet girl I think is what it was is that like I was always sweet I was always nice but nobody ever called me like things like dynamic or bold or anything like that and I think I wanted to prove to people that I could be that person it's really funny me saying that now and doing all the things that I'm doing and I think about like my life and I'm like oh no you were totally that person you just went completely like left like you thought you were going right and you went completely left like off the grid <laughs> so of course like I told you what happened I basically burnt myself out and ended up on academic probation um, my family already knows that I had some suicidal thoughts in high school I almost took my own life there my whole story is somewhere on the dream of youth blog I will find it uh and it was it was hard I mean like to come home after being on academic probation to come home to your family to be in this debt which we paid all my debt off and I went back for a semester and I'm still somehow in so much debt like going out of school like please think about before you go to out of school like an out of state school sorry out of state school goodness I can't talk <laughs> please think about like how much money like if you want to do it do it but like you need to learn like financial like wellness before you enter that I feel like that's so important for young professionals to know before they go to college like there needs to be some kind of game plan. Maybe your family has the money, but like you also need to be able to save like in college if you make any money or have money to save or like get a job or anything like that or have like a source of income outside of like your family um, to know how to, to manage your money before you get out into the real world because it's very hard to learn once you get into the real world. I am a product of that. Um, my family kind of took a care of everything because my dad's in the army you know my dad hadn't gone to college for it but he had like funding and so I was able to use that my first two years and then I went back for a semester and when I tell you that semester was like a semester and some change was like thirty thousand dollars <laughs> like it stresses me out so yeah my loans needless to say my loans have defaulted if I'm not mistaken and I my taxes went there and I'm like so glad because it's like a thousand something dollars I do not have to pay on my loan like that's already been paid so thank you that is fine <laughs> um but you know I I hearing the words I'm so disappointed in you is like 
I don't care what anybody says. Like my, I have had, I hate to say this, I have had screaming matches with like my parents before because teenage angst and also young adult angst. Uh, and like, I mean like bad, like just like yelling and like, I'm like, how did my life not like, <laughs> not like flash over my eyes in those moments when I'm yelling? Like, what is happening? I have a temper. I am my father's daughter. <laughs> and like, we're both like stubborn people. Like, like my mom and I like fight, but like I, my dad and I fight. And it's just like, like nobody can get a word in because we're both stubborn <laughs> about what we think is the right answer. <laughs> so like, I, I love both of my parents. They know this. And it's just funny. Because, like, my mom would yell at me, too. And that, that that's terrifying. It's not that I'm not scared of my dad. It's just I think I'm more like him than I'd like to admit. And so it bothers me when I think I know that he's right. And, like, something in my subconscious just, like, turns off. And I forget that I have a subconscious and a conscience at all. <laughs> like, just go, like, like, just start yelling. Like, who are you yelling at, child? Why are you yelling? What is wrong with you? Stop it. You're going to get more trouble for yelling than you would if you just, like... It's not saying that you shouldn't, like, have talks with your parents. It's just... There's some arguments that I'm like, why? Just why? Like, why did that happen? Um, but I think that was the moment them saying that they were so disappointed in me. Like, I could still cry right now. That happened, like... It happened seven years ago not seven years ago it happened like eight years ago because it happened before I created dream on youth and before I worked at PetSmart it was it, it, yeah it it just like shook me the fact that like eight years later and I still remember that feeling like and I could cry over hearing those words like <laughs> that's how you know that was one of those pivotal moments that I was like okay can't do this um and we also found out, you know, like, I couldn't immediately go back even with being on academic probation to go fix the problem because I didn't, like, had so much debt. So I had to come home anyway, which made that worse because then I couldn't go anywhere to, like, hide my shame and, like, go back to school. Yeah. But it was good for me because it helped me focus on something else. And I started working at PetSmart and I loved animals anyway. So that was different. And I moved up really fast there. And it was, it was, it was good. And I saw this, I've been seeing this tweet and it's funny that Kay sent me this tweet and then I was like, yeah, yeah, I've been seeing that and just haven't reposted it. So it says, putting mental health before my education is a good idea until it affects my education, which affects my mental health, which affects my education. And basically it's like this loop that happens. Um, and I was like oh my gosh it's so true because you're like oh like I need to self-care and I need to just like take a break and then like but then you're like grades start to suffer and then you're like oh my gosh like I have to put all my, this work into my grades and then like you do that and then you're not taking care of yourself anymore because you're trying to put all your work and being a perfect student and then like your mental health service suffers and then you get into the spiral and you spiral all the way down until you stop caring about either your mental health or your education and neither of those is great and everything kind of collapses that's basically what happened to me so this conversation is not meant to scare you or deter you or make you feel guilty or anything like that like I am gonna talk about it in the newsletter on Sunday I had a moment recently which brought me back to like my own story and this moment where my mom said, you know, you guys, you kids just don't know how tired you are until you like stop, like, or until something happens. And I'm going to talk about the incident, what happened, the event that like, just, it was a moment where I was like, I have to stop like waiting to make a move and waiting to do this, this, and this, because I'm scared nobody will listen. People need my voice because I've been through a lot of things that a lot of people have been through. They just don't have a space to talk about it. That's pretty much why Dream On You started because I didn't want anybody else to feel alone like I did. Even though I had support, there were things that weren't talked about in my family, among friends. Like we've come into an age now where people are starting to talk more, which is great and safe spaces are being created, but there's also a lot of chaos happening right now. And there's still issues that I had eight, 10, 12, however many years ago that are still happening to kids today and young professionals today. And people are losing their lives over it and people are not being able to cope with certain things and they're taking other people's lives and it's just like a mess. And no, 
for the record, I am not saying that anybody who uh, shoots up a place has mental health issues. I'm not saying that they don't, but I'm also not saying that's the only reason that they did it. A lot of times it's that they can't cope with some kind of rejection or somebody having a differing opinion and like all hell breaks loose in their mind and it just like spirals. That's just what it is. It's, it's that it, we need mental health evaluations for a lot of things that are easily accessed and should not be. FYI, I have parents that are in the army. Like I, I am not, like I know about guns and I know about like people protecting themselves and all that stuff. Like that doesn't bother me. That's never bothered me. Like I know that my family knows how to operate things. Like it's just, they are in the army. Like they're trained to do stuff like that. But I think even they are like, this shouldn't, people who, these are people who like know and like have been to the shooting range and all that stuff. And like, are like, yeah, no, something's amiss. Something is wrong. Like, and I think it's important that we don't just pin like these shootings, these mass shootings. I've talked about this on our YouTube channel. Yes, we do have one. <laughs> um, we have two actually, but that's besides the point. Uh, I've talked about this and I've been like, these mass shootings aren't just because somebody's like having this spiral. Like you have to think about like the root of the situation and where this is coming from and why they feel like they can do that like there's a bigger conversation there uh tangent but (laughs) it's just I feel like it just needed to be said and that's what I'm talking about with these these podcasts they're gonna be different they're gonna be longer than the blog post would ever be and it's to listen on your commute or listen when you're at home and you just like just want to hear but I I feel like there's this part of me that has been kind of holding back the last few years or so like the first four years of drinking my youth like I was going in and I was going hard and I was talking and having the conversations in the last few years I've gotten really protective of my space with all the chaos going on and like it's hurting my business because part of me is scared because I am a black woman in America don't let the voice fool you if you did not know that a black woman in America and I'm watching things happen to my people and I do mean as in black people and then black women specifically and then also just women and I have to deal with all of that like all aspects of that by the way uh like things happen that should not be happening because we're not having the conversations that need to be had and so I like talk about how I have obsessive compulsive tendencies at work and in my home like it's normal like a lot of people have them um but when I say like I hide parts of me and like protect parts of me and I mentioned this in the blog post I say but I haven't mentioned how I had to step on tiles in a certain way at my parents house in high school because my anxiety was so bad about grades peer pressure etc or how I had to flick the lights on and off a certain amount of times when my mom was in college or at work and my dad was fighting in Iraq to keep my emotions at bay during choir because I was in the high school choir and I had a breakdown in school. I remember my breakdowns very vividly like where and I don't cry in front of people like it's still something that I am trying to unlearn to this day like now I do it in front of like the women but like I've had to learn how to do that in front of my boyfriend which is completely scary and like I remember the night that I broke down with him like I could cry all over again thinking about it and how supportive he was and (laughs) this was before we had said like that the three magic those three little magic words that everybody wants to hear and it was funny because he looked at me and said and he like looked at me and I was like what he was like no I don't feel like it's a good time to say that right now and like I knew in that instant what he wanted to say but he didn't want to say it because it he wanted me to know it but he didn't want it me to think it was because like I was in this bad place and I was showing this vulnerability was the only reason that like he wanted to say those words because that wasn't true so I appreciate him for that so Jonathan if you listen to this thank you <laughs> I love you too um but there's there's things that I haven't talked about because I I feel like like I'm not 
it's almost like I feel like it's not bad enough or my issues aren't important enough or that like if I talk about this people are gonna come at me because I don't have enough knowledge about it or that like people are gonna be like oh my gosh I knew it about like it's just there are so many factors that could happen that scare me but I keep seeing this post that says do it anyway and like I could cry like you could hear in my voice I know you can <laughs> that I'm about to cry right now because like as Dre Brown told me if she ever listens to this too at the Female Quotient Times NBA All-Star event I I I just I need to stop holding back. She was like, don't hold back. Cause I told her there was so many times I wanted to like stand up and yell and clap. And she's like, oh my God. She was like, what? She was like, don't hold back. Cause I like told her like, I didn't want to be that person. She was like, no, <laughs> she was like, don't hold back. And so I finally feel like, you know what? I'm tired of like limiting myself and feeling like I have to make people comfortable. I don't want to do this much because it's going to make people around me feel less than even if they don't say it. Um, it's why I didn't start selling online. It's why I didn't start building courses. It's it's why I didn't start doing events or getting involved locally. Like, I know that's what it is. And so, I just, I, I wanted to talk about it. And I remember having these breakdowns in class. And music is something that has always, as I say, done something to me. Like, it it breaks open all that hurts so I can breathe it lets me rejoice in a way that I can't do by just like talking like music has done always done something to me I still do dance workouts over the gym and I just like make up dance moves and get my body moving I'm not kidding like I've been doing that since high school and my music is always so loud that you can hear it like down the stairs I live on the third floor by the way so <laughs> my boyfriend was like yeah no I could hear you the other night when he was coming up here and I was like and then my best friends were over too so you already know we were like belting out Drunken Love remix by Beyonce and Jay-Z and that other person we're not gonna mention uh <laughs> like so loud and I didn't realize how loud it was and then I hear other people's music and I'm like that's me that's how loud I am wow wow but music has always done something to me and so I remember breaking down in choir when you know we were singing this song about home. I remember, I can't remember the exact song name, but I remember it was something about like coming home. It might be coming home is the name of the song, but I remember singing it and I just lost it. Like I could not deal because if you don't know what it feels like to have your parent in Iraq, basically it was like, we don't know when we're going to hear from you. And all it takes is that those people showing up at your door and you realizing that the last word that you said were this, or maybe you didn't get to say this, like I like could cry all over again. He's retired now. <laughs> to me, like I'm like, thank goodness, because that was so stressful. Like watching every time he left for a new place, watching like my brother like cry, he's gonna he's gonna get mad at me for probably saying that and <laughs> telling people. But we were so young. Uh, and he was oh I mean my brother openly cries when it happens so he's never like trying to wipe up tears like I'm a tough but like he if it's gonna happen my brother's just gonna go for it and I think it's because when my dad is sad or anything like that he cries and he openly does it like it's been very rare that I've seen my parents or my brother cry but when it happens like they just let themselves fully feel that emotion and I feel like that's why I am the way I am now I'm like a cry baby as people would say like I cry at the like army coming home videos and like the puppy videos and the proposal videos I don't think I've cried at many puppy videos but I feel like there's probably been one or two that it's happened like dogs seeing like their family member for a really long time and I've probably like cried it's fine <laughs> I'm gonna be the person that cries at movies or like sweet moments or people dying on television shows because I just like have caught up with Grey's Anatomy and I'm like highly upset so, if you watch Grey's, let me know. Um, but it always did something t to me. And so, you know, I never let myself be that way at home when I was going through those emotions because my mom has to work, my mom has to go to college, my little brother is at home. I don't want any of them to see that I have to be the strong one now that dad's not here. It is a very toxic mindset that... It could be any race, I'm not knocking, but especially in the black community, young women from a very young age, young men too, 
are taught to be the strong person. They're taught never let them see you cry. Never do this. You're this person in the family. Like, I remember being in trouble for crying at one point because something happened to me and I didn't explain what happened to me and I never told my parents what really happened. Um, If my parents ever listen to this, I'm still not going to tell you. (laughs) Um, But, you know, they were like, why are you crying? And you're letting these people. And at the time, my parents thought it was like some like childhood bodies changing kind of issue and it was a lot deeper than that and it's it's something that to this day I like have told one person in my lifetime and that's because I have a relationship with this person that like it felt appropriate to tell them but I haven't told my parents because that's a whole other can of worms and I'm not mm, we're not going there um And so I know what it's like to hide those emotions, to hide things from people, to... And mental health was not talked about when I was growing up at all. Like, not talked about. Like, I never knew, like, anything that my parents, like, went through with that. Um, If they did, and, you know, I've been able to have conversations with my mom and dad, like, more recently as I've grown up. And as I've talked about it more because... When I started Dream on Youth, I did not tell my parents, I did not tell friends, I did not tell anybody that I was close to about it. For a year, I just did it anonymously on Twitter, just because. And it wasn't for the fame or clout or anything, it was just, I felt like people needed to know that somebody was there, even if they didn't know who I was. And it changed a lot of things for me, it opened up a lot. Of possibilities and it, it's giving me friends like lifelong friends it, it's giving me like hope and it's giving me joy it's giving me so much and I I started telling people repeatedly like your grades don't define you like yeah it's awesome to get good grades but you're more than just like your grades and it's because like I was that person I was that straight A student who was like obsessive over grades like even when I wasn't doing stuff I had to make sure all my tests were like the highest in the class because I knew if I didn't do something I needed this to counteract so I could still get a good grade in the class like I had it worked down to a science um so when I got my first C on a paper after my mom helped me I'm still mad about that that, by the way like you best believe I was very angry because that's not what was supposed to happen according to my plan um and so I know what it's like either way and then as I grew older and I started to be like well I need to put my mental health first I can take a day off here I can take a day off there uh there are times when I've like completely gone off grade and not answered people's texts like put my mental health before everything else and that's kind of when it got bad because then like I stopped paying attention to my education and my grades and then I spiraled because as much as I was trying to take care of my mental health I didn't know how to and I thought just like resting and being away from everything like was helping when I was completely alone and like nobody knew what was going on so who was I really helping because I actually wasn't working on anything I was in a dark room all day by the way like blind shut like completely dark room like doing absolutely nothing like nothing I think this was in the time if it was if Instagram existed and Facebook existed I don't even think I was on them that much during those times um and it's like you have to learn the steps to a dance that you've never been taught um, one way you're too afraid to get on the dance floor when it's your time to shine. This balance, this so-called balance. And what it really is, is just learning, okay, when do I need to be disciplined enough to focus on grades and know that, like, I'm just going to have to schedule self-care somewhere in here? And when do I need to know, okay, I need to take a step back because I'm overdoing it and I'm not even retaining anything right now. And so I need to take, like, a self-care break and then come back to this. Um, And so how do we know when to stop pushing ourselves or when to be more disciplined is basically the question that I was getting from Kay. She feels like she's pushing herself really hard right now um, and she needs to know like when to press pause. When does that happen? And so this is for anybody, young professional or not. Basically there are three things that you can do. Again, young professional or not, 
no matter what color, what sexuality, like, it does not matter. Belief system, like, none of that matters. If you are a human being and you're trying to work on building a self-care routine or trying to balance, like, mental health and, like, your job or education or whatever else is getting in the way of, like, you taking care of yourself, the first thing that you can do is break down your goals because what happens is if you break down your goals that like are not associated with your mental health you will eventually get to the place where you will learn like okay I can apply this same tactic to how I want to do my mental health and so I've heard break down your goals from various people over the years but Laura Casey says it best in her book make it happen she says believe in what you can't yet see and you know, you study for a big test, you get a group of your peers together, you make a bunch of flashcards, you repeat the steps, the names, the dates, the information over and over again. Think of the breakdown of your goals kind of like quizzes. They may only be 10% of your grade, maybe less, but it adds up over time to boost your grade in that class, right? So this breakdown of your goals, like basically you're listing all your goals out. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do this. I want to do that. And they can be like huge goals or to you, maybe they're like small goals, but they feel huge. Like, I don't know your life, but I'm just like taking guess because I have those. I have those that I feel like are small to the world, but huge to me. And then I have ones that I know are massive. Um, and the best thing I could do is tell you, write down those goals because basically what you're going to do is you can work backwards or you can work from the ground up. But the best thing I always do is work backwards. So I say, okay, I kind of do both, but you can start with, okay, what is the big major goal that you want to do? Okay. So if that's the major goal that you want to do, what's the very last thing you have to do before you get to that goal? Like, what is the like last step? This is the last step. This is how I know I'm about to hit this goal. What is that thing? Write that down under that goal. Got it? Now, before you do that very last thing, what comes before that? Like, and basically work backwards to figure out what's step one. What do you have to do first? Me, on the other hand, sometimes I tend to take a leap with stuff. Like I did that with Dream on Youth. I did not know what I was doing. <laughs> Dream on Youth has been our name for a very long time, but like our handle used to be support to you. Like, and I like just left. I knew I wanted to create a Twitter and like do this anonymously and I just left and I knew I wanted to be mental health awareness. Like those are the things that I knew and I just did a Twitter. Okay, what do I want after Twitter? Well, I think eventually I want to do a blog, but maybe I should get on Instagram first. Get on Instagram, okay, and connect with people there. Okay, Instagram's a thing. I think I want to do a blog. Okay, I think I want to do a website that's not just a blog, like maybe has other information on it. Okay, I have a blog now, so I'm doing that. And then I have to write all these posts. Oh my gosh, this is getting too much for me. I need people that are gonna help me. So now I have to create like an intern application. Like I'm telling you, like I just kind of leapt <laughs> into things with Dream On You. So that's why I said you can work from the ground up and just kind of leap into it and then do it. But if you're not into that, if you don't know where to start, I really suggest breaking down your goals. Um, and it doesn't have to be perfect. Like you may end up finding a step while you're doing this that you're like, oh, I need to add this in here. And like, that's fine, but it has to make sense to you. You need to understand it. And I'm saying this very specifically because so many people are like, well, this person needs to understand it too. No, they don't. If it's your goal, like your goal, like you have to make it happen. Why does anybody else need to understand it unless they are on your team and helping you build whatever it is? Like your parents don't need to understand it, your boyfriend, your sister, like if they want to help you, that's one thing. But if it's not their goal, the only person that needs to understand why you need to take that next next step is you. Unless you also have a life coach that you want to bring into this. Like I'm saying there are people that you can bring into this, but what matters at the root of it all is that you understand it and this is something that you want to do. So think about it. Just like get a piece of paper and just start writing stuff down. Like make it maybe it's a like big white poster board like just write things all over it and like connect dots and make a huge constellation of it like just have fun with it don't put so much pressure on yourself that it has to be perfect process it's gonna trust me my notebooks look like insane the way that I do my notebooks is I have some that are kind of everything that is like my passion project and then I have some that are just like that specific project like there are dream on youth notebooks right now 
two exist, if I'm not mistaken, there might be three that are just purely Dream on Youth. I think it's only two right now. Um, but then I also have one for like my personal projects. I've changed my personal brand so much over the last like 10, 15, not 15, 10, 12 years that like it's insane. But there's like a journal specifically for my personal projects and my personal growth and me being a student of life. And like I have goals in there that are all over the place. <laughs> but I also have a list of things that are done too. Thank you, Kayla Hollitz, for that. My soul sister. Um, she said, like, write down all of your accomplishments that you have done. So if you want like a good um well, I've broken down my goals and I feel like I have so much work to do. If you want a good like compliment to that then do like a list of all the goals that you have accomplished and the best thing about this goals list is you can check them off like the fact that you break it down means you can see the progress happening and I know Laura Casey says believe in what you can't yet see but that's the point you can't yet see that major goal so why don't you just list all the things that you could do that you could physically feel and see and check off your list and then when that big goal happens, you'll be like, I can see it. I can see why this happened. I can see all the work that I put into. I can feel it. It'll, it'll be that much sweeter when that happens. And no, of course not. These goals are not purely academic. This whole conversation has been about how like all of this is intertwined. Like your career shouldn't always be like separate from your life. Like I'm like, if you can't bring your career into your life, like there are conversations that I have with people like things that I know will help them that I have brought from like various jobs like that it will help them in real life that to me like separating work and life just feels like baffling to me some people need that I'm not one of those people like I try to learn something everywhere that I go no matter if I hate the job or not because there are those jobs that I like absolutely hate and can never believe that I did that job because it was not me but <laughs> it's fine um, so the second step is schedule self-care in your calendar. So I am the worst person at like doing this consistently. I'm like just kicking things over here and like moving the coffee table if you can hear that. So sorry for the weird noises that are happening. My knees are starting to hurt. <laughs> um, but so schedule self-care in your calendar. Basically... You just need to write if you have a planner or you use Google Calendar or if you use Outlook, whatever calendar you do use. If you do not have a calendar and you are trying to make education and social life work and self-care, I'm going to need you to get a calendar. Just do it. Just like even if it's like a cheap planner, just go get something or it's the one on your computer like or your phone. Like just, just a calendar that you're going to put stuff on and you're going to set reminders. It's fine. <laughs> Digital one is probably better for that because then the reminders will pop up and buzz you, but you can do it on paper too. If you're somebody like me, I'm old soul, nostalgic. I still love to write on paper. I do not like using the notes app on my phone. People will say that's inconvenient and then I haven't gotten with the type. I used to use the notes app on my phone, but now I basically just screenshot stuff when I want to remember it or write it in a caption on a blog post or I typically always have a journal with me, so I just write it down. <laughs> But every single day, and I've said this many times in many ways on many platforms, you need to be finding or trying to find the time to take a 10 minute break. Like it sounds like it's nothing. It sounds like it's no time at all. But I promise you there are days where I'm not taking a 10 minute break for just myself, whether it's journaling in the morning or before bed, meditation, a bike ride, a quick workout, whatever it is, it needs to be off of social media and in the moment like for me it's my prayer journal I should not touch my phone until I have journaled my prayer for the morning and I did not do it for two days this week and you know what I could tell and then I got sick and I was like oh my gosh this is what happens when I don't and it's funny because this typically happens when I don't and it's not saying like I'm superstitious I just think it's funny because I think God has jokes <laughs> Yes, I'm going to mention the G word here <laughs> on my life because I got sick and I was like, seriously? Seriously? But I also had been taking a different medicine than the one that I usually take. And I think my body was angry at that. So, because I had gotten sick like 
two weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, and like the same thing's happening, so there is that. Uh, so I basically make sure I journal in the morning. And I'm trying to do the thing where I have a cutoff time for my electronics. I have been very bad about it the last week and a half, which is probably also not helping because I haven't been getting sleep. Um, but where I cut off my like electronics at like 11 p.m. and then I go to bed, like or try to go to bed or read a book. Like I just read, read like finished the Hate You Give this past week, and I need to go watch the movie because wow. So yeah, whatever it is for you, find time to take a 10 minute break, even if it's like a 10 minute study break to go eat something and like don't look at your notes, don't do that, like just take a break and so what happens is if we don't do this we don't take 10 minute breaks if we don't take that time you will burn out and your body will try to shut down essentially we should be taking more than 10 minute breaks but if you work on a job you know that you have to like you have mandatory breaks and then you have a lunch period and what should be happening is that we should be using that time to legitimately like unplug and like take some time away from our phones or like at least away from other people and like just have like a bit of quiet time even if it's just listen to some music and just like vibing out for a little bit. But we tend to end up talking to somebody or somebody asks a question on our break that is work related and you're like, why are we talking about this right now when I'm trying to have a break? It, it gets to that point. Find you people who are not going to always talk to work about you on your break because it will drive you crazy and then you will burn out and your body will try to shut down as my body has done this week. So don't let that happen to you. <laughs> and before you put up an argument, this happened to me at least once a year for about two years. Hard to get super sick. Um, then it started happening three to four days every month. It was a viral infection. Um, and I'm not going to diagnose anybody else. But basically, there's nothing that doctors can do for me when I have a viral infection. I have to take my medicine that they suggested that I take, prescribed, which is nasacor, and like wait it out. I have to rest and stay hydrated and rest. And I'm the worst person to tell me to sit and rest in a bed and not do anything. Like, the worst. So. <laughs> So mine's last three or four days and then that means it's three or four days without money coming in which is why I'm looking into multiple sources of income at this point um, and then yeah and I'm paying for a doctor's visit on top of that which is lovely so you think about all the money that you're losing out on and that creates more stress because then you're trying to figure out like how did I let this happen like how did I get sick I've been so careful about this this and this and you're not realizing that it's literally you not taking your break and not resting and not giving yourself that time that is causing you to become sick so I've had to like recheck myself and like I almost went in today and then realized like I still was not better and I was still lightheaded and I knew if I drove that like I would collapse and like it would be bad or like I would have to pull over on the side of the road and I wouldn't make it and then I couldn't call out because I'd already like it an hour before and it was just like a hot mess so I did not do that to myself. I called out like two hours before and was like, I can't. Like, I cannot do it. Like, I've missed so much of work, but you know what? Like, I'm just, I have a shop up now. Like, I'm going to create multiple sources of income because, like, I want to be able to have, like, if I do get sick, to have backup income. So, you know, gearing so much clothes on, like, something, like, all of that. And... I'm basically telling you parts of my story so you know, like, it can't happen to you. Like, you think, like, I've never been sick. And I always, always used to brag that I never got sick because I didn't. Growing up, like, I never got sick. It was always my brother and always my dad and occasionally my mom. But my mom and I are, like, the ones that, like, if we get sick, we're taking care of everybody else because it's just how we, like, operate. So, like, my mom will be like, give me this or, like, I need orange juice or I need this. Like, we are the type of family, orange juice ginger ale for your stomach is upset like soup like stay in bed rest this this, and this like we are that family that has it down to uh, like a science about like how to get better and then when I started living on my own like I'm the only one in the house so <laughs> yeah I gotta figure out how to take care of myself and I'm just proof that it can happen to you no matter if you're living with somebody or by yourself you can get super duper sick 
not taking a break, not taking time for yourself, not having a passion outside of work that helps you focus on anything else but work. Um, even if it's just like a hobby, like gardening, like gardening could be a form of self-care because you're just like outside in the sunshine, like getting some glow on, like take that time. And for anybody who really wants to know how sick I can get, um, a few years ago when we had a chief operating officer, (laughs) Emily, I did our website relaunch in 19 hours, like 19 hours logo rebranding copy design website get it the theme working how i wanted it to that kind of website relaunch in 19 hours straight no food no rest like i am not the type of person to be like team no sleep i love sleep i love naps i am the nap queen even though i am terrible at self-care sometimes and like not taking a break because i always have like 15 million ideas in my head I am the queen of naps. Like, napping is my art. (laughs) Wish I was kidding, but I'm so serious. Like, napping is my art. And so, I did it 19 hours straight, and I've never stayed at my desk that long. Like, barely moved from my desk, barely got up, and I made myself physically ill. Like, physically ill, like, back hurting, had to be in bed, like, absolutely terribly sick. And Emily said, never do that again. I mean it. Take a break. Get some rest. Like, she was like, no, you cannot do that anymore. And, like, I didn't really tell anybody that I was going to do that in 19 hours straight. Like, I just, I just did it. And then, like, after the fact, I was like, okay, this is done. It's 19 hours straight. But, like, I got it done. But everything hurts. And she was like, oh, my gosh. What is, (laughs) it's basically like saying what is wrong with you but not saying that because, like, I'm, her boss but she like was basically like why like you could have rested like it could have waited she's basically telling me like you could have put yourself first in that situation and like our community would have understood like we had a deadline and I was so stuck on that deadline on that plan that I like made myself physically ill do not be that person you will regret it (laughs) so and it's funny because we all work remotely so I was busy running my mouth with like how it was finished and acting like I hadn't procrastinated until the last minute uh but I did (laughs) so like so many of us students do and pushed my body to the point of exhaustion so if you're pulling all-nighters all the time and like trying to have a social life like I'm gonna need you to just take a step back press pause and go get some rest um when I talk in the newsletter on Sunday, I'll tell you why rest is so important and why you need to schedule that in your self-care calendar. Like, know when your cutoff time is for, like, technology so you can actually get some rest. Even if, like, you are used to pulling all-nighters and you just start getting, like, instead of pulling all-nighters, you give yourself, like, a nap, like a two-hour nap, which is, like, basically a rest, a three-hour nap instead of pulling all-nighters. Like, you basically wean yourself off of all-nighters. Yes, it sounds weird to say that, but I'm serious because there's some of you that do it all the time I know you exist I've worked with college students don't try me (laughs) um and that was the moment I was talking about before where my mom was basically like you just don't you kids don't really know how tired you are like she said I've seen it all the time because she's a registered medical assistant so I just trust me when I say like we know we understand my mom and I have been there all of us have been there you're not alone and that brings me to my third tip don't do this alone. Find an account accountability partner or two. You don't have to wait until college to find your community or your people. You can start in high school even earlier. You can find people who will advocate for your well-being and remind you to breathe when you can't. Because I am the worst at being a busybody. My boyfriend is the same way. And we're both INFJs. Like, I feel weird about the situation, but it's fine. <laughs> but it, like... We both have to remind each other to self-care, to not, we don't feel like going out this weekend, like to stay in and like, like watch a movie and have popcorn and like have pizza and do that. You know, like we, we have to figure out how we find that support circle. And Dreaming is a perfect example of that. Like we're creating more spaces online. I'm using some platforms that already exist, like LinkedIn, 
do have a LinkedIn group if you go to the blog post, um, it's the most recent one, or you can go to dreamonyouth.com forward slash blog forward slash balancing mental health and log on to it. But it's a private group and we're going to accept people. We haven't done it yet, but you know, we're working on it, creating that safe space for us to have these conversations like, you know, one-on-one and yeah, your accountability partners, they'll remind you of your why and the actions they take and the way they stand by your side. So they'll remind you why you're doing this. It happens every time. It doesn't matter what team I have. They always remind me, and even former team members, they always remind me of my why and why I'm doing this. So I appreciate all of you so much. Um, they won't blow up your ego to the point of no return. There are people who will do that, who will be your yes men. You need people like Emily who are going to tell you, like, no, you're crazy. But she doesn't say that. <laughs> Emily would never say that. I call myself crazy, so that's why I said that. Because, I, like, I am. Like, that's the only way I can put it. And it's not crazy. Like, people have such a bad connotation with that word. And I am known for flipping positive on words that people, like, are like, oh my gosh, that's such a bad word. I can't believe you call somebody that. I'm like, I've called myself crazy my entire life because I am. The ideas in my head, the things that I think about, the way that I put projects together, like, I'm I'm crazy. Like, I'm not normal. Like, I'm very weird. Like, that's just how I see it. And it doesn't bother me. Like, somebody calling me crazy with somebody, like, saying the sky is blue, like, that's literally how I feel. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, and your point, like... I get a lot done because of this crazy mind of mine, and I appreciate this crazy mind of mine, even when it drives me crazy, so. <laughs> it, it's about taking those things that people try to take away from you and spit on you and put a negative connotation and a toxic connotation on you and being like, oh no, I'm gonna own this. There are some things, yeah, I don't blame anybody for not owning, but like, there are some things that I'm like, it's not even a bad word, you're just putting a bad vibe on it, and that's your problem, not mine. So... These people won't blow up your ego. They're not afraid to be like, no, you need to breathe. You need to take rest. You need to do this. And it, that place of point, that point of no return kind of looks like uh, Rigging and George in the hallway of chaos. You know that scene in Mean Girls. I know you know that scene. That's exactly what that point of no return looks like when your ego's blown up that much. It's kind of what's happening on Twitter right now with the whole, I'm not going to mention their names because it's a little buzzworthy but that whole this bff kissed this person's man but this man is known for cheating but she's gonna blame the girl because heaven forbid like anybody ever make a mistake instead of handling it privately they're handling it in public i'm gonna talk about that on tuesday because like that is what my mind i'm gonna do it after i talk about red table talk so <laughs> um but the idea is they won't tear you down when things go wrong. Tough love could happen, but it'll be love and then it's not envy or pride or greed. They'll let you know, yeah, you messed up and this is how we move forward together. That's the kind of people that you need. And if you feel like you aren't going to find those people, of course, like I said, Dream on Youth community is here for you. Like, we want you to find those people. There are plenty of people who did not know each other before they started working with Dream One Youth, like as our interns, and then like became friends, are now super close and no longer work with us, and are still super close, and I love it. <laughs> it makes me so happy because these are people that are, like are cross states and like still have an incredible relationship. Whether they were friends before and just got closer working with us, so it's always nice. And I'm not telling you to be dependent on someone. You need to be able to cultivate discipline and know how to do things on your own. Um, but when you can't find the strength to do so, you need to have people around you who can be that for you. You need people who are going to celebrate you and remind you how amazing you are because you are. You're more than just a student, a daughter, a boyfriend, a feminist, an influencer, a business owner. You're a person trying to make it through this world and enjoy it, just like the rest of us. So don't forget that. In conclusion, I just want to say the way to find balance as a student isn't really to focus on being balanced. It's to focus on being present or giving yourself some grace, on allowing some mistakes and disappointments. To learn how to press pause, you have to learn who you are and what works for you. Your way may not work for me exactly how you have mapped it out and vice versa. It's okay. We can all learn something from one another. 
student in the school of life. And yeah, I know that may be cheesy, but it's true and kind of cool. Just admit it. <laughs> but yeah, so you can check out the blog post, of course, on dreamingyouth.com. Or you can like give applause if you're on the Anchor app. Or yeah, there's just like so much that you could do at this point. Like you could go let us know on Twitter that you listen to it or on Instagram. But basically, I'm so excited to bring this podcast to you. I promise not all the episodes will be like an hour long, but I, I had to let some of that out and let you guys know kind of like what my story is without letting you know the entire story because of course it's on our blog and I, I do want to continue to tell the story like out for people in different ways. So just letting you know parts and knowing that, you know, you're not alone in this. Like I've, I've been through a lot. I've been through things that people could probably never imagine. One day I'll probably tell the story on the blog about how I got catfished. So <laughs> you listen this far, like that is a thing that has happened. If you want that to be like a blog post, like just let me know. <laughs> just let me know and I will make it because if it's a blog post, it's going to end up being a podcast episode too from here on out. So <laughs> just, just let me know because I will just like let you have it. I will do that and you can you can know all the details and I will not use real names because I don't believe in that but I will just let you know that it's a story it's just it's a a very creative story like that person is an artist the way that they did it which kind of terrifies me but it's a thing so yeah you guys have a great night or great day or whenever you're listening to this um let us know what you want to hear next because of course we're always interested Bye. This has been another episode of the Self-Awareness Stream presented by Dream on Youth. Of course, let us know what you think at twitter.com forward slash dream on youth or by emailing us at info at dreamonyouth.com. We would love to hear from you. Have a great time, evening, day, wherever you are. And just know, we got your back.